The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. Good morning. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, California, streaming online at KUCI.org and podcasting on iTunes. Welcome to Privacy Piracy. I'm Lloyd, the show's engineer. We've enjoyed bringing this show since 2005. Your host is Mari Frank, a local attorney since 1985. She's a certified information privacy professional. Mari's testified many times on privacy issues in Congress and the California legislature. You may have seen her on Dateline, 48 Hours, CNN, NBC, The O'Reilly Factor, and many more shows, including her own 90-minute PBS television special, Protecting Yourself in the Information Age. To learn more about this radio show and our great guests, please visit KUCI.org slash Privacy Piracy. Mari, what's our show about this morning? Lloyd, today our show is about your reputation online, and we have talked about this many times. It's such a scary time to be. We, we've seen headlines of cell phone videos of bad behavior. We've seen verbal attacks in Twitter. We've seen online lies and um, and Yelp and all sorts of different websites, and also disturbing incidents of cyberbullying as well. And then, of course, there's that um, revenge porn, which we do have a law in California that takes care of that. But, you know, the Internet is the Wild West. We love it. There's so many exciting things. We learn so much. But there's some real dangers lurking out there. And then, again, on one side, we've got wonderful marketing, wonderful opportunities to network with people. And still, we've got <laughs> how our reputations can be destroyed online. So we have this wonderful um, guest today who wrote this book, How to Protect Your Reputation Online. It actually says how to protect or destroy your reputation online. And this is the essential guide to avoid digital damage, lock down your brand, and defend your business. And it's by John P. David. And John is going to join us in just a minute after I tell you a little bit about it. And he's joining us from the other coast in Miami. So for 25 years, John P. David has consoled businesses and executives on strategic communications and marketing issues. And he's developed a specialty, helping clients facing online attacks. Because sadly, as you all know, and I know, anyone can publish negative information online. We've got a First Amendment right to do that. Um, but it, it, they can do it without consequences, unless, of course, it's clear defamation, but then you have to sue them. Um, his strategic communications firm, David PR Group, consoles clients in the areas of marketing, reputation, management, and public relations. He frequently writes about communications and strategy on Huffington Post at John David. John P. David. And of course, I said again, this wonderful new book, How to Protect Your Reputation Online. So thank you for joining us from the East Coast. We'd love to have you. Thanks for having me, Mari. Yeah. And I just want to say before I move forward, if you're listening and you want to look up while you're listening, his website is onlinerepbook.com. 
and his other website is davidpr.com. So just so you can listen in. So talk to us about some of these nightmares online. Thanks, Mari. The, um, it, it's really an amazing time, you know, that we're in. When you think about all the things that, that we can do uh, online, you know, we have incredible power. In, you know, we're walking around with these incredible computers in our hands, in our pockets, our purses, whatever. And um, it enables us to do these tremendous things. We can make a phone call. We can call anybody in the world. We can post information online in seconds that anybody on the planet can see. Um, and, but at the same time, you know, we're really... Uh, we're, we're really vulnerable uh, at the at the exact same time. So it's kind of like the the internet has is this uh, you know this double edged sword, uh, this, this bittersweet offering. And one of the things that I identified as I was writing my book was that there I believe there's really three types of online nightmares. And the first one is what we what we usually think about when we think about problems online, and that's when when people do kind of do silly things and do dumb things. I write in my book, it's actually people do dumb things. And I, and I, and I admit that it's perhaps an inelegant way of phrasing, <laughs> but at the same time, it's just true. You know, you hear about people who write silly things. They write, they make mistakes. They say, they, they, they call people out. They post inappropriate pictures. They do those types of things. So the first type of online nightmare is when you really do something to yourself. Right. Um, the second, the second kind of online nightmare is when you're associated with something negative. Now, this can be any number of things. So, but it's it's generally where you're not necessarily you didn't necessarily do anything wrong, um, but you're associated with something negative and it impacts you. And so, situations where, uh, for example, sometimes employees of companies make mistakes and 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 they end up the the business ends up paying a price for that. Right. For example. Or, you know, you go out and you go and, you know, you know, listen, we all have, we all have our own, um, you know, things we like to do and our own, you know, vices or whatever. You know, maybe, you know, you want to go out and go, go have a drink. You might want to go out and, and uh, party or whatever you do. And, you know, you may, you know, you may, you may drink too much or do something, you know, to have some, some behavior that you're not particularly proud of. But, you know, you weren't expecting someone to take a picture of you and post it online when that happens. Right. And so sometimes you're just associated with it. You know, you go out with a bunch of friends, and somebody takes a picture to memorialize the night, and then all of a sudden it's, there's a picture of you on Facebook doing something kind of, kind of silly. And, you know, you didn't really do it to yourself. You didn't post your own picture, but you, you, were, you know, were tagged on a photo of somebody else. And then the last type of online nightmare is, is when you're truly a victim. And uh, and that's that's when you know when we talk about some of these things that you mentioned in the in the beginning when you talk about things like revenge porn when we talk about cyberbullying when you talk about um, people who are victims of hate blogs uh, some of these um, online complaint sites uh, there's all manners of things where where you can be really be truly victimized uh, online and that I call that the, the the third online nightmare right. Right. And the first one that you were talking about is something that we can really control. That's the one thing that we can control is being careful about what we put up on on the various websites. But the other two are really a lot of it is beyond our control in terms of what's happening to us, right? Absolutely. I mean, there's that's really the, 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 the worst of it. You know, it's when you have something, in, and I, I talk about this in my book. There's and lots. I give lots of examples. 
of you know just folks who you know I've interviewed people who are victims of hate blogs, for example. And sometimes it's a business-oriented thing. You know, I, I interviewed a guy and spoke to a guy who ran a ran a a, a pretty substantial company, and uh, you know, it had a they had a lot of problems during the economic downturn, and he had to deal with a hate blog from some unhappy investors. And it really followed the guy for a long time. You know, and then another instance of was a, another another gentleman who had a, a really bad breakup and a, a really scorned, you know, uh, girlfriend, and she she decided to write a blog about it. And she post wrote a, wrote a blog about her her ex boyfriend and published it. And you know, it, it it again, it's something that that followed the guy for a while. And he had to, you know, every time he looked, he was online. Every time he. Mm checked his search results, he saw these, you know, these stories that his ex-girlfriend was writing about him all the time. Mm. And so it's just, you know, it's in the, you really are in a, you're really in a spot because you're just, you're, you're really, you're a victim. Right, right. And if it's true, you know, if these things are true, then it's even worse because you really don't have the recourse if something is true. If it's defamatory, if it's a lie, you have some recourse. But let's talk a little bit about what people can do to manage negative online information. Sure, and I actually, I'm, I'm, it's great to talk to you about this because of your legal background. I spend... Um, you know, when I, when I talk to, to groups about this and when I speak at conferences and things about about this issue, I, I usually, you know, start off and say, you know, you know, with this, I, I make sure it's very clear. I'm, I'm not a lawyer, you know. I didn't go to law school. I don't have a law license. Right. I've, you know, studied defamation and I understand the basics of defamation, but I'm not, I'm not a lawyer. So I can't, you know, counsel clients on whether or not they've been, you know, they're dealing with a, a defamation issue. Right. Um, but the, what you can do, I mean, there's a, there's a few different things that you can do uh, when it comes to, you know, t- to negative online information. Now, if something's posted about you um, on, you know, certain types of sites, you know, sometimes you can, you can actually ask for them to be taken down or for them to be delisted from search results. Mm-hmm. I call this, you know, the, the beg and the plead. You know, <laughs> your first course. The first course is if you if you go to a website and there's something written about you and it's and it's negative and you know maybe it maybe it, it's not it's maybe it's false but maybe it's not defamatory um, you know or it's potentially defamatory but you don't you know but you can't afford to hire a lawyer or you don't know a lawyer who can help you or they haven't they don't listen to your show mm-hmm. um, then um, yeah. then then you know you can you can reach out to a website and 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 ask ask someone to take something down. Now, if it's posted in, you know, on a major news site or, you know, a local TV news site or a New York Times or something like that, they're not going to take it down. But if something's posted on a, like a message board and that message board is controlled by a reputable company and it's something that's seemingly, you know, defamatory type of type statement, you can ask them to take it down. And a lot of times, you know, they will. I mean, I've, I've done it before successfully. And then the other thing is that some websites these days, are open to these types of requests, and they'll they'll um, they'll de-index content from so it's not really visible by search. So what that means is that it might it'll, there might be something that you don't you don't you know like that's on this website, and you know they won't the the people who run the site they're not going to delete it from their website. 
but they, they may de-index that page so it can't be seen by the search engines. And therefore, you kind of get the same, you get the same result. That the, the people who are looking online are not going to find it because it's not, it can't be found by search. Yeah, yeah. I think Yelp is a real difficult one. Um, and you see all these complaints about Yelp, and there's been all of these lawsuits about Yelp. And the thing that drives me crazy about Yelp is um, what they do is there are, like, I have 24 great reviews that are kind of blacked out and not recommended, and they're real right. reviews. And right. and that happened when I refused to, um, you know, to advertise with them. They called me, and they were really trying to get me. They're doing that again now lately. But they're, they told me, you know, that I should advertise, and I said, I'm not going to advertise with you. I don't like the way that things are handled on, on Yelp necessarily, so no, I don't want to do that. And then all of a sudden, I had 23 of my really top all five stars were just not recommended, you know? So I have all, I have like 10 or 15 that are up there that are good. And one from four years ago, that was my very first one. The guy never did anything anywhere else. And it was, it was really kind of ridiculous. And I responded to it. It wasn't even really true, but I just responded really nicely. But that one, they keep up. But all the new ones in all these years, they're, they're not recommended. So what... And I've heard this from so many people, not just in the legal field, but in other fields. What do you recommend about what Yelp? That's just um, seems to be a problem. Yeah, it's. Um, I've heard your story before, so I mean, you know, not from you, from other people, and they've they've gotten. Um, th- there were some lawsuits filed. I think they were all. Um, you know, they were all defeated. Right. Uh, but they, but there were some lawsuits filed. There was a guy, a group of folks who created, who claimed that they were making a documentary film about Yelp. And there's actually a trailer, like a, a trailer for this documentary that's that's you can find on YouTube. Huh. The, well, a lot of really unhappy people saying these negative things about bad things about Yelp. <laughs> but I don't think the I don't think the documentary was ever made. I think they just made the trailer to try to, to oh. scare the people at Yelp. <laughs> but um, the uh, I, I've never I've never found any evidence that the that the, that the film was made. But your your story is a common one. Yelp is a um, is a site that really confounds a lot of business people uh, for, for a number of reasons. And I devoted actually, uh, I devoted a lot of, uh, of, of um, space in my book to talking about Yelp. And um, I, think, I think I may have, ri- I think I may have, have uh, written some of the more definitive information. I may have some of the more definitive information about Yelp, um, you know, in my book, because I spent a lot of time with it, and I have lots of examples, and I and I interviewed executive um, uh, an executive from Yelp for my book, and what the, this, but what at the at the uh, center of your of of your story here is this concept of recommended versus non recommended reviews. Yeah, and Yelp has this in, has this algorithm, you know, that they use to analyze reviews. And they are incredibly sensitive to um, to being to, to being gamed. Now, they don't want people to, to to you know people who are not giving like genuine reviews, organic type reviews. They don't want people flooding their site with positive you know reviews about, for example, your show 
or your business, you know, or whichever case is. I'm not sure if you're talking about your law firm or yeah, you're talking about my mediation practice. Yeah, your budget mm-hmm. practice, right? Now they don't they they don't want people to to you know they don't want you to call up a bunch of your clients who you know are happy and say, hey, go on Yelp and write a review. Right. And they've they've cre- they've adjusted or configured their algorithm in such a way that they sniff out. Um, reviews that they don't think are genuine. They have, um, very specifically, if, 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 you know, if I've never gotten Yelp before and you, and you said to me, you know, hey, John, go, go review my, my, my mediation firm on Yelp. Um, if I went on and created a brand new account and then wrote a, you know, wrote this, you know, wonderful, incredibly flattering review um, about your about your mediation practice and gave you five stars, but I filled out my profile. I just put my you know my my the minimum information you know my name, my address, my phone number, whatever my my email address. But I didn't put up a profile picture, and I didn't see if any of my friends are on Yelp, and I didn't use Yelp to go look for a local restaurant or a hotel or something else. And I but all I did was go on and write this one review about you, and I gave you five stars, and then I kind of walked away and never touched that Yelp account. Odds are that their algorithm will identify that as what they call a drive-by. You know, but and that's that doesn't like hold that. true though, I, and that's what they told me. And I looked at the ones, right. and the ones that they. What's also interesting is with their algorithm. Sometimes the really good ones from those non-recommended will suddenly appear. They'll be back on the ones that are recommended. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, they, and they, and they, those people had put their pictures, they've, they've reviewed other sites, restaurants, and the one guy who had the only negative review in all these years is the one guy that he had never done anything else, he used a false name, he didn't have a picture, he had never reviewed anything else, and that one from four years ago is still there. So, you know, right. that's, it's just not really true because the other ones that people put their name, they, they do review other things. And because I looked at that when they told me that, I went, oh, okay, I'll look at that. And it, that's what they tell you, but that isn't what always happens. Well, the, the, um, the, uh, I had the same question. So, so I asked the same question. And one of the things that they, that they look at that you, that you can't, you won't be able to determine from the, from your scenario that you just told me is whether or not that guy who left that one review. Now, it may look as though he's not active on Yelp, but if he's an active Yelp user and that he uses it to go find restaurants when he's traveling or a recommendation for a dry cleaner in his, in his hometown, if he's using Yelp, then that actually builds up his Yelp credibility, and that's something that only Yelp will know. Well, it'll so, tell you how but, many. It, it'll show you, like, if you... If you click on their name or their thing, it'll show you where wherever else they have gone. It does show you that. Right, but it's not necessarily. Not but there's, it's a, a nuanced point. different name, you mean. I see what you mean. If he uses a no, different it's, name. It's, 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 no, no, it's a nuanced point. And, and listen, I'm on your side. So. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I believe me. <laughs> the point is, the yeah. thing, thing, what I'm saying is that they, is that, that if I go and look at 10 restaurants, you know, in Irvine, California, um, you know that Yelp notices that. Now, I may not write, I may not, I may not patronize those restaurants. I may not go and write a review of those restaurants, but they see that as activity, and that mm-hmm. boosts my profile with Yelp. There's no way for you to know how what, what, how active I am on Yelp, aside from looking to see if I've done things like added friends or added photos or posted a bunch of reviews. But your 
story is ve- is very typical of, of of what I've heard about Yelp. Yeah, for sure. It's just it's just a strange one. I know, you know, I don't do Angie's List, but I've heard that the same problems occur with Angie's List. Is that right? I have not heard the same level of um, of complaint of complaints <laughs> about about Angie's List. Angie's List has it had has does things their their own way, and it's a little it's a little bit different. Um, the big thing with Yelp is that the um, you really have to monitor it closely, and you have to engage on their site, and that you know sometimes that means that they're that you know that uh, you may have to. Um, you may have to participate with them in some with with advertising, depending on the number of like locations you have, and you know whether or not you know all of a sudden if you started advertising with them that these non recommended reviews would move over you know to the recommended column. You know I don't know if that's true, um, but it's it's um it's definitely a, it's definitely one that every business has to keep an eye on because it's a very high authority website and a lot of people visit it. And sometimes, you know, the Yelp, you know, the Yelp page will, you know, outperform the outperform, you know, your own web, your, your company's website or your business right. website. Right. Well, thank God I've got four point five stars, but it's just kind of strange the the way it works. And I know I've heard from so many other people the same issues, and that I've had other people tell me, "Oh, I did adver- advertise with Yelp, and when I stopped, then they hid a bunch of the." <laughs> Positive reviews, so it's uh, it's very interesting. But is there is there really more to online reputation management than the search results? What what do you say about that? I, I, absolutely. I mean, I think that we have to look, you know, far beyond um, far beyond search results when it comes to online reputation. You know, I, I look at one thing that I think is really important is is you look at for, from a company perspective. Who's responsible for your organization's, you know, reputation? You know, does that fall with your PR department? Does that fall with the business owner or the CEO? Um, who should be viewing? Who should be looking at all of these different aspects of um, of reputation? So, on one side, you you might think about you know traditional communications. On another side, you might be thinking about search engine optimization and how people look and you look in search results. Another part of it is is uh, online reviews, and you have, you know, who should be worrying, working on online reviews for your company? Shouldn't that be someone in the customer service department? Um, and then you have other online review sites that have come out, like when there's one that's called Glassdoor, and Glassdoor enables co- uh, employees to review um, their employers. So you can, so the, then the question becomes, okay, who should be responsible for that right. inside your organization? And, and I think that should be more human resources. So now you have all these different places, people that are touching online reputation. You have PR, you have communications, you have um, customer service, you have search engine optimization and online marketing, you have um, you know human resources, and then there's this other aspect which I'm, I'm sh- I know I know that you know a lot about, which is the whole world of cybersecurity and IT. You know, and when when um, you know, when a, when a company has to deal with a data breach, you know, and all of a sudden a bunch of their corporate records or, you know, customer social security numbers or medical records are, are, are breached, you know, then you have, you have, um, you know, you, ha- you not only have a cybersecurity concern, but you also have a reputation concern because if uh, word gets out that, right. 
you know, you're a medical organ, you're you know you're a doctor's office or you're a, you're a hospital, and all of a sudden all of your a bunch of your medical records are have been sold on the street. And that you know, has to be disclosed. Yeah, at least you know. Oh, absolutely. And so then the, it's in the newspaper, and then your reputation is ruined for that, right? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, you know, to me, one of the things that one of the things that I think is a major trend is that that you know reputation your your, your reputation is now crossing many disciplines it's yes. not just something that you think about as you know oh I'm, I'm that's that's the concern of my communications people it's really it's really crossing over into all of these different uh, different disciplines exactly in the legal department as well so let's let's give our business owners that are driving by and we have a big business school here at the University of California let's give some um, the business owners some ideas about what they should do to protect their online reputation. Can you give us some tips? Absolutely, absolutely. The first thing is that you you have to realize that you you have to have some type of online reputation, meaning you can't you don't get to be off the grid. Right. You know, the the main thing is that you need to go and 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 claim some of your territory online and that means you know, every and every business should have a website, which we know is pretty much true. You should be on LinkedIn. You should be on Twitter. You should be on Facebook. All these big social media sites, even if you're not a big believer in them. You know, even if you don't believe you're going to post a lot of things on Twitter or on Facebook, every business should have a Facebook page. Every business should have a Twitter account. If for no other reason than those are high-authority websites, which you have control over. Right. So you can publish whatever you want. So if you if you have... Your own company website. You have a Twitter account, a Facebook account. Um, you're on LinkedIn. You have, you know, those are sites that are very likely when somebody types in the name of your company that, that they're going to come up on page one. Right. So you have control of that, you know, forty percent or fifty percent of page one. Um, and it's also really important for businesses just to make sure that they're easy to be found. You know, most of the time when you're looking for a business, when you're, you, you, you know, type the name of a business into a search engine, you're looking for something pretty simple. You know, what's the phone number? What are the hours? You know, do they deliver? That type of stuff. Right. So you want to make sure that all that stuff's easy to find. And then the other one is that, that um, businesses need to make sure that they're really paying attention to online reviews because they're not going anywhere. I mean, the, you know, the, 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 the horse has left the barn, as they say. You know, this is this is this is done. They're they're these are you know, Yelp is a publicly traded company, TripAdvisor is a publicly traded company, Glassdoor is a venture funded company. They're out there to make money, and they're not they're not going anywhere. So you have to pay attention to these sites. You have to engage on these sites. If you're not, if you haven't claimed your listings on Yelp and TripAdvisor, you're you're making a mistake. You need to do that. So all the, you have, and you have to engage on these online review sites because they're they're just kind of growing in authority and they're not going away. Yeah, I know that one thing from four years ago. I did respond. I responded really nicely, <laughs> and I think that's important to do too: is to respond so people see what you say about that. Don't you think that's right, or no? A- absolutely, engagement is really critical on the online review sites. I mean, I always say. You know, think about when, you know, if, if your kid brings home their report card and they got five A's and a C, you know, what are they going to, what are you going to ask them about? You're going to say, why'd you get a C? <laughs> right. You know, so if you go to, if you go to an online review site and you see five, five, five star ratings and one three star rating, which one are you going to look at? 
Right. Now, if you go to that three-star rating and you see it's a restaurant and they say, you know, oh, the soup was cold and the service was, you know, it was really kind of loud and, you know, I thought the service was very average. But if, the, if, the, if you read that review and then you see a response from the owner and the owner says, you know, I'm, I'm really, I'm sorry for what happened to you today, but we did comp your, you know, as, as we did talk about this and we did, you know, um, comp you your, uh, your soup and, you know, we were... We were doing a, a sound check with our with our band, and I, you know, I'm sorry that they were a little bit loud. You know, they didn't go on for another two hours. You know, and uh, you know, next time if you want to come in, I'll, I promise I'll take good care of you. Right. You know, if you read that, are you more or less likely to patronize that place? Right. You're more, of course, more likely that you're, they at you're least more cared. To. Right. Yeah, and I think that that's what that's the opportunity. Aside from the fact that sites like Yelp and TripAdvisor, they do have kind of robust backends that enable you to. Uh, engage with your customers in other ways. So I think it's it's really important that you that you pay close attention to those sites and that you engage with them. Yeah. Well, we're just about out of time. What is one big takeaway that you think that readers should get out of your book? And I'm just going to say the name of the book again if you've just started listening in, How to Protect or Destroy Your Reputation Online, The Essential Guide to Avoid Digital Damage, Lock Down Your Brand, and Defend Your Business. And this is, we're speaking with John P. David. So what's one big takeaway? The, the big thing is that there we're all vulnerable these days, and it starts at a young age, and it goes from from the time you're you know you're applying to to go to college to you're applying to jobs to you know that you're um, you know that you're uh, you know selling your wares. You know you have there's there's online vulnerability. You have to pay attention to your online reputation. You know, and my hope is that my book, you know, how to protect or destroy your reputation online, can help individuals and businesses do that. Well, it sounds terrific. Well, John, we will have you back again. Just give your website, and it's time to go. Sure. You can find my book at onlinerepbook.com. It's also on Amazon and Barnes & Noble and in bookstores everywhere. Okay. Well, thank you so much, and keep up the great work helping people out. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM and Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning at 8 a.m. and visit our website at privacypiracy.org. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.